hasn't all really been plain sailing. It's mainly because of the, I'm, I'm going to rant on in a minute. Um, but first of all, just want to make people aware that I'm trying to get on more platforms at the moment. I know Harmy did say uh, something that she's only on. So you can only find me on two. Um, I've submitted, I mean, on five I should be. Um, from what I know, I'm definitely on Google. I'm definitely on Spotify. Um, got the R RSS feed, to be honest with you. I ain't got a Scooby with that's about. Um, and Breaker. And I don't even know what that's about. And obviously, I'm pretty sure you can get me on where I upload all my podcasts too. Um, Anchor. So if you go on Anchor, F is it Anchor FM? No, just Anchor. If you go on that, um, you should be able to find me. Um, yeah. Um, what else? It's been a up and down since I come out of hospital. And it's mainly just because of carers and that. You know, it's all about medication. Now medication, okay, as many of you know, you know, you go to a drawer, you take out some paracetamol, you take it yourself, you know. You don't need a nurse or anybody there to do it for you. Now, if you got a box of paracetamol, and you accidentally dropped it on the floor, which you couldn't pick it up. If somebody came in, a carer, would you expect them to help you pick it up? By picking it up and putting it in your hand? Would you think that's acceptable? Well, not according to my carers, it's not. Um, I've had a right old Barney with them. But, you know, I'm going to get rid of him. I've had enough. I've had one of the most traumatic months I can ever remember, if I'm honest. It's just been hell. You know, to go through the hospital and to uh, be on COVID wars, and I mean, that was bad enough. But when I come out, it was even worse. Um... Because when I come out, what they've done, because the fact is, I haven't been in my wheelchair when I've been in a hospital. So obviously, I'm weak. Because I've had no physio, I've been in a hospital, been stuck in a hospital bed for 17 days. And it's like, um, no physio. The only physio I've seen 
was the physios come round, get all the old ladies out. When I was on the uh Morgan and they stuck me in a uh old ladies ward and I was the only geezer in that. And I'm like I walk used to wake up in the morning. Seriously, I'm not mucking about. I used to have me put my headphones on. I'd have I'd have Oh, what's going on now? I'd have uh, so I used to put my headphones on and something went there and it was just like, I don't know what it was, so I'll repeat that bit. I used to wake up in the morning and put the headphones on. I'd have something like um, Stairway to Heaven or Ramble On or by Led Zeppelin. I might have been ACDC. AC DC. You shook me all night, all night long. Something like that, anyway. So you have it all going on. And all I could see was these physios getting, a, getting all these ideas up on their uh, Zimmer frames. And it was just fucking walking everywhere around the ward. And it was just, I thought it was hysterical. Because there was like going into in tune with what I was listening to. If you can imagine that. It was just madness. And I was like sitting, I was laying there thinking, well, you know, where's my physio? Do I not matter? What's going on? And nobody even come and ask me, so that's where I'm at. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is I want to come out, obviously, 17 days in a hospital bed and not getting up, not being able to get out of bed and not even to go to the toilet. Um, I'm not going to do that, but I won't. Um, I won't put you through that. So I won't mention any side of it, but um, as you could imagine, being in hospital, not being able to get out of bed, um, having been transported to the loo, if there was a nurse available. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was madness. And uh, that was a raw Glamorgan, that was. Um, but anyway, so the carers, what I was like, it was medication, wasn't it? Yeah, medication. So as I've come out of hospital, you know, this is the first week I've come out of hospital, and I just could not believe it. The first geezer, first carer would come in, in the morning, or right, was it afternoon? Afternoon. Um, first call. I've said to it. No, it was morning because of medication. So I've said to him, and his name is Gat. Well, I can't, no, I can't, won't mention any names. Um, so I just said to him, "Can you see?" where my medication is because I'm now in a hospital bed 
in my bedroom, okay, they've absolutely dismantled my other bed, it's all in bits, um, to put a hospital bed in, I can't see shit behind me, or beside me, and, um, All I said to him was, can you see where my medication is? Because showing my PA, she normally, when my bed's in it, I mean, don't forget, this all happened on a Friday. On a Saturday and a Sunday, you know, showing don't work. So I don't have a PA Saturday and Sunday. I have epoxy carriers coming. And, um... So Sharon's put me uh, medication on the floor. So I'm thinking, you know, it's obviously here somewhere. So I've said to the geezer, I said, look, can you see where my medication is? So I can basically get down, get on my wheelchair and go and get it. He said, well, no, I'm going to have to speak to the office. I said, what do you want about to speak to the office, you know? He said, yeah, I've got to speak to the office. I said, oh, yeah, I might be swearing now. I was like, do not F thing. You don't need to ever speak to the office. You know, what are you doing? I just asked if you could see where my medication is. They went, no, we're not allowed to give medication. I said, I'm not having to ask you to give me medication. Just ask you if you could see where my medication is. And he's, no, he's just gone ahead, he's gone into the kitchen, right, thinking he's out of uh, hearing range. And I can hear him on the phone. Oh, he's asked me to give him his medication, and you know, we're not allowed to do that, so I don't know what to do. And I'm going, you liar. What are you doing? Seriously, I've just come out of hospital and you're pulling this prank. What's going on? And um, as he's come out, I've turned around and said, you absolute effing grass. What have you said that for? I asked you if you could see where it is, not give it to me. And he went, oh, don't, don't swear, don't swear at me. And I'm like, listen, just turn around, get on your trotters, and get out of my house. So it sounded like Pat Gam, he popped in like that. Um, so just effing get out, you grass. And he went, oh, okay, I said, don't swear at me, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going. So, with that, everything got blown out of all proportion, and it was absolutely ridiculous. I've had the social worker on, I've had the bosses of the social worker come on, we backed into a corner, corner. I was threatened with um, taking all my uh, uh, PA about. So, this, this boss, she says to me, she said, you do realise we can take your PA money away. I said, well, my PA's here. 
you tell her. If you want to sack her, you tell her. I'm not sacking her. And she said, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. I said, well, what do you say for them? And she's like, uh, yeah, but you don't need to go all defensive. I said, all defensive. I said, you're backing me into a corner. What do you expect? I'm going to come out fighting. Like any of us would do, wouldn't we? Bearing in mind, I've just come out of hospital. Do I need this? No, I bloody don't. Don't need any of it. So everything just kicked off then. And um, she then turned around and said that um, my PA is not allowed to give me my medication. She's not even allowed to go to the chemist to get my medication because they won't deliver it to my bungalow. Okay? So how do I get my medication? They're expecting me to get up and go down to the chemist and get it myself. I don't think so, because I can't do it. So, and what she didn't realise, and she didn't even check it up, so, you know, brings me back to this, um, and I'll come back to it in a minute with the COVID. Um, Just, she didn't even do her own work. She didn't even know. But she threatened to get rid of my PA. My PA is insured. She's insured to give me my medication. She didn't even know that. And this is a boss in the council. And it's like, really? And once we said that and we told her that, um, she disappeared. Didn't hear from her again. And I went back to my social worker. I went back to my social worker. Um, quickly, I'm going to say about the COVID. Right, COVID. But bear this in mind, people. There's so many people, so many high power people, bosses. You know, even people out in the street, just uneducated, they don't know nothing about COVID. What they need to do, they really need to educate themselves, understand it. When they've done that, then it would be a better place because everybody would understand. You know, wearing a mask, it's not, mate, it's not entirely, um, it's not foolproof. It's wearing a mask. Your eyes are still open, yeah? Your body, your hands are still open. You can still pick it up. You want to pick it up or touch something, rub your eyes, yeah? Then you're infected. It's, do you know what I mean? It's, uh, and the thing is, what people do not understand is, and this, you know, things I learned when I was in uh, COVID wards, speaking to nurses and doctors. If you're asthmatic, 
Yeah, I'm sure I said that, but I can't, I can never say what it is. I'm sure it's isomatic or something like that. Um, you're a carrier and you're a spreader. These people are the people you need to basically stay away from. But the thing is, and the problem is, nobody knows who they are. Until you're tested. And if you're tested, and you're repeat um, positive, you're a spreader. There's nothing you can do about it. You ain't got no symptoms, because you're a spreader. It's the unfortunate people that do have the symptoms, okay, that are not only spreaders, they're the unfortunate people that have to go through the pain and the, you know, and that's where the loss of life comes. But it's the spreaders, even though they don't know that they're spreaders, that is infecting the country. And it's what I don't understand about the government. And it really, really, since I've come out of hospital, you, you educate yourself a little bit and then you're like banging your head and you're thinking, well, this is a government with educated people. It's supposed to be, um, you know, the say-so, you know, and the telling us, it's supposed to be scientists telling us what we should be doing. Now, in my eyes, we'll tell you what we should be doing is testing everybody. It's track and trace lot. What's all about? Nobody knows what it's about. I don't know what it's about. They used to ring me up. They used to say, um, um, are you right? Got any new symptoms? And I'm saying, oh, no, I ain't got no new symptoms. But I wouldn't have any new symptoms, would I, if I was isomatic? So it makes no difference. So, um, uh, yeah, so we just had a load of wind come up and it's just blown everything over in the garden. Thank you. Um, so, where am I? Yeah, so if you're isomatic, and this is where the government, they should be targeting the people that are the spreaders, finding out who the spreaders are. Because don't, don't forget, they don't know if they're spreaders. Okay? And once they know who the spreaders are, we're the ones that should be isolating. The others can go about the business. And then they, once everybody is... Uh, quarantined, and then as soon as you're tested negative, you should then be allowed to go back out into the community. But but you won't be a spreader, you know, it don't last forever in your system. You just got to wait and immunise yourself, uh, isolate yourself until you test negative. But... 
as a positive, you're a spreader. And unfortunately, you don't know if you're a spreader until you get tested. So what I urge everybody, right, even if you've got to go and get, uh, just go in the drive-through things, go and get a test. If you're positive, do not panic, do not worry. If you have symptoms, obviously then, um, you need to contact your doctor, you know, and then go through the right channels. But that doesn't mean, it does not mean if you have symptoms. You know, a lot of people have this myth that they're going to go in hospital, you know, and that'll be it. I did, but I've got MS. And I thought, oh my God, I've got, I've got COVID. That's the end of me. I'm not going to live through this. You've obviously got a weak immune system. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's just it's how it affects you. But as soon as you test positive, you need the treatment because there is um, medic medication you can take. So it doesn't mean... It could be one or two things. It's going to mean, you, obviously, you're positive, you're going to need medication to get through it. Um, my PA went through it, you know, she had a bit of a hard time through it. She said it was like having a bad flu, you know. And she's uh, 60, oh no, I can't say that. She'll kill me, 59, I think she is. So, you know, and, and bless her. She's had bladder cancer, so it's not the end. So people, just get, please go get tested. It doesn't matter if you've got any symptoms or not, just go get tested. If they say if you've got symptoms, say, just say, yeah, I've got a cold. But just to get through and get a test. But you need to know if you're a spreader. That's what I would be telling people. That's what the government should be telling them. I mean, look at Liverpool. Liverpool have decided to do a mass testing. And the reason why they want to do a mass testing is because they want to find out who the spreaders are. Because until you know who the spreaders are, how are you supposed to contain the disease? Because the spreaders are out there. It's like, it makes me laugh. I'm here in Wales. And once we come out of this, um, this lockdown, they open the pubs again. They're all in the pubs. They're outside the pubs. They're drinking on the streets. And it's like, you muppets, what are you doing? They've got no masks on. They've got nothing. No PPE. And it's like, You've just been absolutely stupid because if any one of you is a spreader, you've just basically, um, you could be in a group of 10. Now, 
and you're the only spreader. But the other nine have now got COVID because you couldn't be asked. And this is what I'm saying about educating. You know, it's like with the council here. Yeah. They're uneducated. They put me in hospital. Why? Because I had COVID. And they said they couldn't put the um, carriers in. But I'd think about it. How can you do that? Seriously, you just put me in hospital where I've got nurses that are caring for me. It's the same sort of thing. Do you think they're walking around with no masks on or shields or anything like that? No, they're all people, they've got all the PPE and everything. It's not my fault the council here couldn't be asked because they, what's the word for uneducated? They're just uneducated and they just, they wouldn't, they didn't take the, uh, uh, COVID seriously, basically. So he didn't get any of the proper PPE for the staff. Now, if you think about it, they might have a staff, you know, and they might have, like, this is a council. It's not like a private care company. This is a council. Yet, they haven't bothered. They just haven't bothered to supply all their carers with the right PPE. And let's not forget, as well, this started back in March, didn't it? That's when the first wave was. Well, I can remember the carers coming here. They didn't even have masks on half of them. You know, no fault of theirs. It's just, they wasn't supplied with the right gear. So, Think about it, you know, I've got MS, okay? And I think I'm only one of two that they, they care for with MS. All the rest are all the elderly, yeah? And they're the most vulnerable. Now, this is a council sending carers into these people's properties to care for them, right? With just a flimsy mask on, it's not going to stop anything, okay? They might have just been to another property. They had no gloves on back then. They had nothing. They didn't do nothing like that. You know, they might be starting it now. It's another comical thing. You know, now I'm back and I've got the carers coming in. They've got everything. They've got masks, they've got shields. I've been told that they've been told they have to wear them because of um, uh, oh, I won't say what I want to say. And let's just say I've been given information that you know I knew right from the start the council were not educated, there wasn't. And the reason why I'm doing a lot of this now, because every time I've talked to these people, 
even my social worker. All you can hear is them tapping away on their computers and they're basically recording everything I say, every single word. So that's why I'm doing this today on this podcast because I think it's about time you know my side of the story because this is all going to blow up because I have done and I'm going through a big um, complaint um, against them and I don't think I'm the only one if I'm honest and I think that's why now they're all being told to wear all the fucking the proper gear now too late it's too late you can't do it now should have done it back in March what's wrong with you do you know what I mean it's just like it's crazy I do not understand their mentality you know I could ramble on for ages, but, you know, I'm not going to, but I just find it absolutely disgusting, if I'm honest, that they can do this and send carers in to people's homes, especially the most vulnerable, when, you know, they should be, they should know better, really. They should educate themselves. They should know from every conversation I've had with them. They're just so un- uneducated. I mean, look, just go back classically um, when they turn around and say, but, you know, taking away my uh, PA, you know, because of medication. She's not even allowed to pick up the blister pack and give it to me if it's fallen on, on the floor. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, um, she can't even go to the chemist and pick it up. That's just crazy talk. No, that's just uneducated. It's just ridiculous. You know, before you speak and say something like that, you need to know what you're talking about, don't you? All she had to do is ring up Dewis, who's the company that uh, do all this for the PAs and that, and find out that they're fully insured. You know, we insure them. On their employer. What are they talking about? It's just, you know, and to be honest with you, every single one of these council carers should be insured. You know, if it's coming down to that, let's think about it. The PA has got to be insured to be able to pick up blister pack a, a medication to even put on a, my bed or even pick it up off the floor if I uh, don't think I've got tremors in both my hands if I accidentally drop it that to me is absolutely scandalous it's ridiculous stupidity it's like what is it called health and safety gone absolutely mad if that's what it's about you know come on ensure your staff you know take care of your staff and take care of the people 
that you're supposed to be taking care of. Because quite frankly, you ain't bothered. And to chuck me in hospital like you did for 17 days was absolutely disgusting. You had no... You just didn't, you just didn't care. You just chucked me in hospital. Because you couldn't be bothered to educate yourself and provide your staff with the right PPE. So every single one of the customers that you go into their houses and care for are protected against any virus that you might be bringing into their house. Because I'm going to be funny, that's how I got it in the first place. Think about it. Me and my PA. Now, the only people coming to my house is my PA and carers. So I couldn't have got it anywhere else but through a carer. Your carers are going in and out of different places, in different houses, different environments. You know, it's just absolutely scandalous. And I am going, I've got a big um, complaint going in. And I'm just going to take it further because, you know, it just put me through the most traumatic month that I can ever think of. I haven't been from, well, I think the most traumatic, it's on par when I split up with my uh, daughter's mother. But that's how bad it is. But they just carried it on, even when I come out of hospital. Even when I was in hospital. They wouldn't even let me out of hospital. I'd have jumped through so many bloody hoops just to get out of hospital. I had to prove, it, prove to them that I could. You know, stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. And you think to yourself, what are you talking about? From the bed, can I... Get into a chair. Yeah, of course I can. What are you talking about? Oh, we need proof that he does it. He can do it. And I'm like, what? And it's just, oh man, honestly. The only reason why I am weak is because you put me in hospital for 17 days you didn't supply me with any physio. And now you're telling me that you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm sat here thinking, what is going on? So I spoke to my social worker and I said, right, as from after this weekend, um, fuck them off. Sorry about my swearing people, but... You know, if you've been through the meal like I have, you know, traumatic, absolutely traumatic, um, um, you'd be the same. You'd be angry. You'd be, um, you'd want answers. That's what I want. I want answers. I don't even care if I've got to go court with this. I will go court and I'll, I'm going to take it as far as I bloody can. Because, you know, I shouldn't have been subjected 
to what I have gone had to go through the last month. And all because a council who you know, let's see that these people are running a council. So they should know better. You know, these are supposed to be let's be honest, well paid. These people are proper well paid. If you're paid, you know, even social workers, you look at social workers, they're on something like 50 grand a year. And um, in some some places, some areas. So, you'd think they're educated people to be in a job they're in. And if something like this comes around, you know, COVID, what's the first thing you do? You educate yourself to make sure you're protecting the people around you. Right? You know, you know, when to isolate and who to keep away from, who to protect, where to go. Well, let's be honest, you know, I advise anybody, do not go to a supermarket. If you can help it, do not go to a supermarket. Avoid all places where the population, don't listen to all this, you know, a metre apart or whatever. It's all absolute rubbish. It's not rubbish entirely, obviously, but you know yourself, you go to a supermarket, I won't go in there, but I've heard people that have been in supermarkets, and people are still like, got their arm over them trying to pick up a can on the shelf or something like that, and it's like, back off, what are you doing, you're supposed to be, and then I'll blame Seriously, think about it. I blame supermarkets. They should be stopping all this. It should be a metre apart or two metres apart, whatever it is. You know, I thought it was going to be like let one in at a time, um, get a two metre space, let the next one go, and have people in the aisles making sure people don't cross over, people don't, you know, encroach on somebody else. But I can tell you, that is exactly what's happening. People are crossing over. People are going up to the top of the hill and they're going back down to the bottom of the hill again because they forgot something. Well, you know, to do that, you're not social distancing, are you? And you certainly ain't social distancing in a supermarket. So that is crazy. It's just, it's mind blowing. Some of the stuff that's going on out here. If you think about it, and you know, to the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people out there, I advise you. I would advise you to stick in your own little bubble, and um, cause you trust me. You don't want COVID. 
you're blessed. Honestly, I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but you're, you will be blessed if you're a spreader because your symptoms will be very, very mild, like mine was. But if you're on the other side, then you're in trouble because you're going to come out of it one way or the other. And um, I wouldn't wish that on any of my friends or anybody. So please, everybody is on this and this podcast UK. Isolate um, yourself where you can. Supermarkets, don't bother. Anywhere where it's mass. There's mass people, even going to the pub, right? McDonald's, KFC, places like that. Don't, you know, don't risk it. Please don't risk it. Because you're putting yourself in danger. Because these places, okay, there is no social distancing. And you can't get away from it. Just isolate in your own little bubble, you know, with your family, and just try and see it out, you know, because there might be a spreader amongst you, you know, you just don't know. You might have just not come out yet. You might not have got infected, but if you are, if you do go out, you do get infected and you are a spreader, you're just going to give all the rest of your family. So everyone in your little bubble, okay, don't go out, sit in, see it through, okay? Just get your deliveries, get them to put it to your door, right, and then pick it up. You can get those sprays, you know, the antibacterial sprays and things like that, which you can spray over the top. Then we've got all your stuff's going to be in bags. So you just spray it over the top. You freeze your stuff, obviously. Um, if you've got gloves, get gloves on. Put your freezer stuff away. Just leave the rest of it in the bag. Spray it. Just leave it at the door. Um, give it a couple of days. And then you can start putting it away. It's just little things like that you just got to uh, prepare yourself for and do. Just isolate, just protect yourself. Take every precaution you can. Because you need to. So I'm going to go back now to... I've done the counts, haven't I? Physio. Oh no, OT. OT is the other one. Occupational therapy. I don't know where the occupational therapy is come from. Right, so this person, I see her first time in um, June. Was it July? No, July when I first moved in. 
and um, said to her, you know, at that time, don't forget I was at Chiorki, stuck in a room. Um, I had my wheelchair. I didn't have any grab rails or nothing to grab hold of. So transferring onto a toilet was pretty tricky. I didn't really want to commode. Nobody wants to go commode. You just don't want to go commode. So she says to me, oh, we got like a wheelchair. I said, oh, okay, that sounds better. This wheelchair is like, oh, it's like huge. It's massive. I mean, it's, it's about twice the size of a normal wheelchair. It's absolutely huge. It's been stuck in my front bedroom since July, the first week of July. And I've been kept, you keep ringing them to pick it up. They don't bloody pick it up. It's stuck here. So this hospital bed that I'm in, okay, that they put me in, I don't know why they did it, because I was quite happy to go. Once I got my wheelchair, all I wanted was a grab rail, okay, by the side of my bed, I got a divan, just put a grab rail by the side of my bed, temporary. I can take it off after, you know, when I've got all my strength back, fill the holes, repaint, no problem. But in the meantime, can you put a vertical and a horizontal grab rail by my bed so I can grab them and lift myself, you know, onto my wheelchair and into bed. That's all I asked. I've got a bloody hospital bed. I can't get rid of it. It's still in my bedroom now. And I'm like, can you just pick it up? I want it gone. Uh, I'm going in my second week now with this bed. It's an absolute hazard to try and get in and out of my bedroom. It's a nightmare. And you're ringing them, you're ringing them saying, I want it, I want it gone, I want it. Well, can you just get it? Are you sure? Can you just give it another week and see how you feel? Build, build your fitness up. I don't think you're ready to go into your normal bed yet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Seriously. I it's it treat like a bloody five year old. It's like they keep forgetting I was diagnosed in two thousand seven. I've been down, I got back up again, been down again and got back up, and then I ended up um, having me, I had my own business three years ago. I was gardener. I had a gardening business. You know, I sit here today 
talking to you and I can't walk and I can't use my hands. Reason why? It's because I had a relapse. Well, you know, I've had relapses in the past. I've come through it. I'll come through this one. I guarantee you. It might take me five years. But I'll be walking again. And I'll be using my hands again. So, you know, positivity is, positivity is the key. And I hate negativity. And that's all I get from them. Negative, negative, negative. Not a positive. It's like if you fall on the floor, for instance, the way I look about falling on the floor, if I fall on the floor, okay, I don't care if I'm on the floor for, I don't know, two hours, it doesn't bother me. You know, who's to say? You know, there's people who actually spend their life on the floor. You know, what's wrong with being on the floor? You know, they see being on the floor as you've fallen, you've cracked your head, you've done this, you've done that. Quick, call a fucking ambulance. No. No. I might have slipped. But I'm on the floor. But don't worry, I'll get back up again. I'm not stupid. Conserve the energy. MS, you suffer with fatigue. Yeah, if I, you know, I go and try and get up. Yeah, it might take me a couple of attempts, but I will get up. So, please do not panic. Do not worry. And do not, you know, treat me like a bloody five-year-old, because... It just makes me angry. Anyway, so the OT, this babe. Oh, can you have it another week? See how your fitness is. And it's just, I had all this with a wheelchair. Wheelchair I've had since bloody July. And it's like, when's it going to stop? Sorry, I had to have a drink of coffee because my mouth was going dry. But, um, yeah, when's he going to stop? You treat me like a five-year-old. Is that what you do? I'm 51 years old. Just treat me like a human being. I'm not stupid. I know my own mind. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. You know, please don't treat me like an idiot. And that's all I've had, and it just drives me mad. So that's my rant. Um, I won't rant anymore. I've said it like it is. So it's been an absolute traumatic month. Being put in hospital for no reason at all because of COVID. When I'm not being funny. Unless you do what I say, everybody's going to get COVID. And the only ones that's going to come out of it any better are either the spreaders or the people with strength to beat it. And that is reality, unfortunately.
till you get this vaccination. And even the vaccination, you know, let's be fair. Um, people questioning it now, whether we're going to actually get it. Um, I don't know, I couldn't tell you. But, um, I do know in hospital there's medication and um, to try and beat it, you know. So please don't panic, don't, you know, you just do, well, don't just do what I say. Obviously, just educate yourself. That's all I'm asking, educate yourself. And then you'll understand. It's all you need to do. And that's all what everybody needs to do, really. And then you wouldn't get all this mass gatherings at pubs as soon as lockdown's released. Because all you're going to go, it's going to go lockdown, um, end of lockdown, everybody back out. It's like, it's never going to end, is it? You're just going to have lockdown after lockdown after lockdown. You're going to get all these pubs and that closing down. And let's be honest, they have to share a bit of responsibility. Let's be honest, yes, I do understand that a lot of them are going out of business and they need revenue. But, you know, it's like what I would do is, you know, you can segregate. Well, you can only do minimal segregation, can you, in a pub? But, I mean, you can't just have one person at a bar. But, how do you, how do you, you know, let's be honest, if you're at a normal pub, how many people do you normally get in a pub? I don't know. In a night. You gotta be talking fifty, hundred. I know when we used to go out on a weekend. We used to go to a pub and it used to be rammed. You couldn't walk. You couldn't get anywhere. You just fighting through the people. Especially when we used to go down to the malt house and um, goodies and places like that. And um, so I was gonna. I've loads of places tripping off each other, and um, and there is loads of places we used to go, and it was rammed. So it's only natural to understand and think. You only need one spreader in a group of a hundred. One hundred is infected. Yeah, because you infect one, that one infects another two. Again, it's like a pyramid. All these pyramid schemes back in the eighties and nineties, everybody's going for them. You know, you got a product, you sell it to uh, two people, 
right? Those two people sell it, sell it to another two people each, so on and so forth. And that's what it's like. People don't understand that. People don't think it's as bad as what it is. When you're in hospital like I've been, then you'll see the reality of it. It is an absolute nightmare. Don't go there. Don't get COVID. Just the experience alone. If you suffer with mental health, you know, to see what I've had to say. I'm a strong person, yeah. But, you know, yes, I suffer with depression and anxiety. Who wouldn't with the condition I've got and what I've got to go through? But I fight through it. Because I'm a positive person and I'm a fighter. But there's people out there that haven't got that fight in them. Do you know what I mean? So, there's more I want to say. But, you know, it's just being. I don't know what I was saying, it's just being, um, what's the word, responsible I suppose, you know I was responsible, I mean, I think I've said before on a previous podcast, um, I didn't need to, I didn't have to, but I thought it was my responsibility um, for everybody around me, especially me carers that are coming in, to have a test. Because um, my PA was the first person to come down with it. And because I've been in contact with my PA, I thought it was only natural. Although I had no symptoms whatsoever, I thought it was only natural for me to ask if I could have a test. So, I had a test. I had a test, it was positive, and that's when it all kicked off. Bear in mind, I had no symptoms. I could quite easily and happily have isolated in my house a bungalow, so I keep saying house, don't know why. But I was just so used to saying house, first time I've been in a bungalow. It's not, I used to rent one. But um, this is my own. Like a madness, really. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't have to do it, but I thought it was my responsibility to have people around me. And do you know what? That was turned against me, and you know, that should never have happened. Let's be honest. I was responsible enough for adult to try and protect people that was coming in around me. Now it was the duty of these this council. It's twelve hours. Oh, twelve o'clock. That's um, what's his face? Um, I keep trying to say Borak. Well, it's Borak. Um, 
yeah, my responsibility to the people coming in, carers, etc. And it was the council's responsibility to protect me. Do you know what I'm saying? It should have been uh, reciprocated. You know, they should have been. They should be protecting the people that they're caring for. That's all I'm gonna say on the end of that. Um, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe um, if you can, please. Um, I can find me on all other platforms. I'm going to try and get more platforms. So if any of you know of any platforms, please just send, just send me a message or, you know, put it down as a comment or, you know, any of your preferred platforms, I will uh, upload to them. I'm going to this weekend try and submit to as many as I can think of. I don't really know many more though, I've got to be honest. Um, but I will try. I promise you. Now I'm back. As you can tell by my voice, you know, I've gone an hour here. Whereas in my last podcast, I was out of breath so quickly. I feel stronger now. I'm, you know, two weeks in, I'm stronger. And it's trying to convince all the people around me that I am stronger and I'm capable, shall I say. Um, so, yeah, um, thank you for listening again. Um, sorry to bore you. I might have bored you in places. Um, I know my... Uh, I've got a dry mouth and lips. Don't know why. I think that's because I'm um, talking so much, and I haven't had a drink. I've got coffee sitting here, getting cold. But as I'm talking, I don't want to be rude by drinking it. Um, but yeah, if you can subscribe, um, I try and do more platforms if I can. I don't know if you can actually um, connect to Anchor. And get me on Anchor. You might be able to. I don't know. Because that's where I upload all my podcasts to. Anchor. And then they get um, distributed to all the different platforms. But I'm, I'm not sure whether you can actually get me on Anchor and listen to them. Um, I'll have to find that out. Um, but yeah, uh, oh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter now, I'm on Instagram now, to be honest with you, I haven't really got time on Insta, on Twitter and Instagram, I'll pop in there now and again if I can, and I'll put someone on there, um, What I really like to do, um, and call out to anybody, especially MS people that I know, that I've asked before, if you fancy, fancy having like a 
in her one-on-one -on -one chat, I'm quite happy to ring. I can ring you. And we can have a chat on podcast. Um, yeah, and um, show your experience to the vet MS, because that's what this is all about, really. Multiple cirrhosis, so, you know, I'd love to be able to get uh, Fiona on free, because she, she's proper MS educated. I've even um, spoken to my MS nurses here, left them a message and told them about the podcast. You know, I'd love to be able to get them on, just to talk a little bit about MS, do you know what I mean? We actually, but anyone, anyone out there who wants to have a chat about MS or, you know, obviously I don't want any, uh, I can't help everybody. I've only got an opinion of what I've been through since 2007. So I can only um, give you my opinion. I can't give you facts. Facts is what I read out of... Uh, Read online or read out of a magazine. Like, um, you used to get your newsletters and things like that. For the MS Society. I mean, they're the people if you want real advice. But there is people that I do know that I would like to be able to get on and to have a chat that have been through a lot. And I know the app. Um, some of them are quite shy, who we say. But there are others that are proper educated that will mind coming on and having a chat. Um, but yeah, I'll ring. I would ring you. And um, I'll put you on speaker. And we can have a chat, like a normal chat, have a bit of a laugh as well, you know, go over the past, um, anything really. be nice just to get callers in, a bit like a radio station, you know when you get callers in. The only thing I can't do on here is play music. I'd love to be able to, but I can't, because that's piracy and all that malarkey, isn't it? So I find, I find if I'm honest, I find that strange. I can't even put the radio on. Now, to me, a rep putting the radio on, how is that piracy? I know I'm broadcasting, but I'm broadcasting and broadcast. How does that make sense? Sorry, I just had a drink then. Um, I'm rambling, I'm rambling on. Oh, God, I do ramble. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to try and find more platforms to go on. I'd like to get callers in. Um, if you're interested, leave me a message and I'll uh, gladly ring you. I haven't got a problem. Give me a time and a day you can do it. Um, Any time after 10 during the days, 
it's good for me. Obviously, I've got my PA here in the morning, um, but she's good for a bit of banter and a bit of a laugh. So, if you're interested, give me a shout. Leave me a message. The times and the days you can do. And look, we'll get something organised. It'd be magic. And uh, if I can do that on a regular basis, that'd be even better. Then you don't have to just listen to mine. Um, me rambling on. It'd be one or two of us rambling on. But at the same time, it'll be a bit of a laugh. So, anyway. I'm not going to bore you anymore. I am now going. So, thank you for listening again. It's Dave Wesley at MS Podcast UK. Um, don't forget, I'm on Facebook. Find get me on Facebook. Um, if you uh, do a friend request, um, I will check you out first. You know, obviously, because you know, you got all these. Um, I'm not being um, racist or anything like that. You get a lot of these foreign people coming on, and you know what they're after. They're after trying to call me and say, "Oh, give me two thousand. Give me two thousand to help my uncle, who's got a a father." who's got another uncle that needs help. And you're like, no, I'm not going to give you two grand in mail. Why would I? Am I stupid? I've got stupid written on my head. I'm going to give you two grand. And I don't understand these people. You know, you about these women. Sorry, I'm going to rant on again. Briefly. Because it's just stupid time now um briefly these women that you know lose thousands I was just on the TV the other day a woman lost something like 70,000 or something to a bloke in I don't know Kazakhstan or something like that out in Mongolia who's like Basically, asked her to marry him if she would send him two thousand back. That two thousand became ten thousand, and so on and so forth. And the promises kept on coming and coming and coming. And she sat there believing it. You know, these are like yes, they're vulnerable, vulnerable people. But if you're vulnerable, okay. You need to get the protection of the people around you. So things like that don't happen and you're not losing £70,000 or £100,000 that some of these women do. Because they're, they're alone, they're lonely and they're vulnerable. So they should be uh, protected really. Um, so anyway... I'm gone, I'm gone, definitely this time, honestly, it's just rambled on for too long, 10 minutes more than, I'm at 1 hour 10 minutes, I can't believe it, this is the longest podcast I've done, 
Um, it's because it was a ramp podcast, that's why. Um, anyway, Dave Wells, the MS Podcast UK. I'm out. See you later. Catch you later. Come on.